How's she going? I'm Doug. I'm Ryan. We play in a band called Bearings. And you're listening to We Podcast. And we know things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. Where there's a will, there's a way. We are joined on this very, 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 very special bonus episode uh, by somebody I look up to in the music world and a band that I have been waiting for for over a year to interview. Super psyched that we made it happen. And I appreciate your time. Matt Carlson from A Will Away. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for the kind words. Seriously. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, we we mean it, dude. I listened to A Will Away probably... As soon as he heard you the first time, he's been singing your praises ever since. Uh, <laughs> I love to hear that. We do uh, we do this thing called the pick of the week on our show, and it's a uh, either music, movie, TV, comic, or game that we played or listened to or whatever uh, that we want to just shout out. And you are the only band that I've had as my pick of the week multiple times. True story. So wow, uh, I appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you got to be with this uh, this. Operation we're running here, but before we hit the music, Matt, let's learn a bit, little bit more about you, the person. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I mean, I'm from, and so are all the guys. At a little place called Naugatuck, which is in like southwestern Connecticut. It's just this tiny, like, industrial community, um, sort of like in between Hartford and New Haven. Um, we're we're real close to New York City. Uh, a little bit about me. I mean, I've been playing music for the better part of my life uh and we've been a band for about 10 years now and we've just been kind of plugging away touring working when we're home doing the you know doing the blue collar job thing for a long time and uh and living the dream now do you also have any hobbies or any interesting factoids about yourself uh interesting factoids uh i mean hobbies i mean I'm, i'm a big fan of like Games, movies, television, books—pretty much any form of media. You fit in perfectly. Uh, I'm, I'm always a big fan. I'm like, I, I geek out on that stuff a lot. Um, and then uh, I don't know. I, I, as far as interesting factoids go, uh, not a whole lot to report there. <laughs> That's all good, man. I mean, listen, we are a gaming, music, movie podcast, so you fit in right, right here with our Love crowd. It. So. Um, so now we're going to switch over to the music side of things before a will away. Your name was Sunday is my weekend. Why the name change? <laughs> oh man. So, um, well, most, mostly I think cause it's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so is but, we uh, podcast uh, and we know things. That's a long we one. Can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, I think it works a little bit better for a podcast than it works for a band. Sure. Um, but there's, uh, you know, there was kind of a moment early on, especially, um, we started the band, uh, like literally at the end of high school altogether. Um, and we all grew up within like a very, very close proximity to each other. A lot of us knew each other when we were kids, but we did have two, uh, other members who started the band with us, um, who after a pretty short time in the early part, uh, we're no longer a part of the band. And ever since then, we've had the same core four part lineup. Um, and so, you know, along with uh, moving on and starting to make different sounding and different or slightly more interesting music for us, we also uh, lost a couple of members and went through a yeah went through a name change to just kind of like give ourselves a fresh start at the time. Did you come up with Sunday as my weekend? Uh, 
that I don't remember, but I remember it was voted on by committee, as huh. was uh, just about every other decision in our band. So I will, I refuse to take full responsibility for that. <laughs> I love how you say responsibility, not credit. That's okay. Well, well, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Did you come up with a will away? I'd imagine committee as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. I mean, we just kind of all um, shotgunned a bunch of names onto a wall and decided what we wanted. That's um, awesome. Basically just voted on it, and that was that. So, we wanted something that didn't really like have any sort of like specific genre connotation, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, if you listen, there are some pop-punk band names out there that you don't have to listen to them to know what they're playing. So I'm Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something, there's something to that. So you guys kick-started Product of, of Your Environment. Does that feel like it was almost already a decade ago? Uh, yes. <laughs> Truly, it really, really does. I mean, I remember when that, uh, when that whole thing happened and we were, um, I guess at that time, like Kickstarter especially was like a very new thing. Um, and like, we were just kind of like jumping on a bandwagon cause we were like, Oh man, apparently you can get your stuff funded like this as opposed to, you know, being a bunch of like 18, 19 year old poor kids living in a van uh we can we can be 18 and 19 year old poor kids living in a van who can actually afford to record something there you go uh so um yeah it doesn't feel like it was 10 years ago yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) so so i went to i mean it feels like it was a million years ago if i'm being fair so i went to your kickstarter page for that record and i was going through the uh i was going through the goals and the thousand dollar pledge stuck out to me i just have to read it to you uh, just to to kind of jar the memory a little bit. And for a thousand dollars or more, you will receive all the aforementioned gifts, as well as a DVD of Sean jumping into a river in a banana suit in a will away product <laughs> of your environment poster and a personally baked batch of cookies from the band. That's a hell of a reward tier. It was. Um, we found very early on that any time uh, we aim to make content of any sort, putting Sean in a funny outfit always gets it done. <laughs> Um, like, I'm not even kidding. Like we did a, um, a music video for cheap wine, like a while, while back when bliss was first released. And, uh, we put Sean in a dress and clown makeup. (laughs) Um, I'm telling you, it's always a hit. It's always a hit. That's great. Now, we'll fast forward a little bit. So you scrapped an entire full length record and wrote bliss in three weeks. Yeah, I think it was, it was about three weeks, give or take. Um, I think some of that time included pre-production, but I don't really remember if I'm being honest. So, so why scrap the full length? Oh, it just, it was shit. Um, <laughs> like I really, I mean, it's, there's not really much else to it. I think, uh, we were, we were at a point where we knew that we were trying to make some sort of very like concentrated, deliberate shift sonically. Um, and we had achieved that in a lot of ways with the songs that we had been writing, but there was something about them that was really not cohesive. Um, and like one of the things that we aim for, uh, especially across like bliss and any of the records thereafter, um, the the thing that we really aim at is for the entire record to sort of have this aesthetic experience to it, um, both sonically and otherwise. And I think, uh, not to say that the songs that we were writing back then weren't good songs and, you know, they still, kick around sometimes in like our little songwriting circles and we're just, you know, playing around with stuff and we want to see if like there's something, some merit to like an old idea. But, uh, we scrapped the entire thing cause it just wasn't a cohesive product. Um, and we knew that what we wanted was a cohesive product. And once we kind of scrapped the project we were working on and sort of decided to put a new lens on what we wanted to do, it kind of lit a fire under our asses and all of the songs that became bliss just kind of spilled out. 
Now, I think that blends perfectly into our next question, because in my opinion, uh, all of your records are very distinct in sound from even before Bliss, through Bliss, here again, and now to Soup. Uh, I think that each yeah. one, you can kind of, like, none of them sound the same. You can kind of tell which record it is just by putting on a song. You know kind of what era of a Willoway you're listening to. But you have said previously that you think that all of your records are kind of a continuation of the previous one. Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, uh, I would say that the majority of that is, um, I mean, obviously there are certain elements of things uh, on the songwriting side where we um, evoke or sort of call back to uh, a, a, a previous song. Um, and a lot of that, like the way I kind of like to describe it is breadcrumbs. It's like uh, both narratively and then uh, musically, whenever we're like putting together chord structures or putting together melodies or lyrics, like there is this sort of um, deliberate consideration of this song feels like a continuation of an idea that we proposed several years ago on a different record. Um, And I think a lot of that is just sort of, again, to sort of deliberately sort of pay homage to the, to the people who've been following us along the way. And it's also, I mean, it's just an organic part of the songwriting process. I mean, a huge part of our uh, writing is sort of processing experiences and, and a little bit of catharsis. And it's like to say that an idea that I had two records ago isn't an idea that's still kind of ever present uh, in my mind when I'm writing now uh, would be disingenuous. And I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any real um, reason not to, if you find the sort of uh, the moments where those things really fit and you, you feel that very sincerely. I think it's, it's really interesting to repeat an idea or, or kind of make a callback or, um, you know, continue a thought, uh, continue a conversation for lack of a better a uh, better descriptor. And you've said before that you kind of uh, diagnose or, or would say your sound is like pop punk on acid. And then when I think of soup, which by the way, you shadow dropped, which was insane. Uh, <laughs> it, you shadow dropped it on a day we record the pod. So in four hours I had it listened to about six times and then did a review okay, on it that night. Um, so thank you for that. That probably was, was the pick of the week also. It definitely was the pick of the week. Um, Thank you. It, to me, Soup's song structure is not really the same as like your typical pop punk record. Like if if you were to kind of categorize your pop punk records, I would think maybe Cold Weather and Here Again are probably the two most like typical pop punkish records. But it, with Soup, it sounds like every track is distinct. Every track is different. The song structure isn't like a typical kind of pop punk, pop punk record. Was that what you set out to accomplish with this EP? Um, yeah, this one and, and the majority of the other records as well. I think what's interesting is like, um, the brand of music that we sort of aim at is, uh, sort of an upbeat pop rock oriented sort of guitar driven and and narrative driven sound. And there are a lot of commonalities there between a lot of pop punk bands. And there are a lot of commonalities there between a lot of like, a lot of people we don't give us like the, the country comparison or the folk rock comparison. And it's like, you know, as far as we're concerned, it's like a good song is a good song, but the, the core tenets of that are really, you know, good hook, good movement, good narrative, uh, and good dynamic. And I think, um, you know, yeah, I think here again, and like a record like cold weather, definitely lean a little bit more into that, um, related to pop punk side of things. And then records like bliss and soup really lean a little bit harder into like, uh, our, our, uh, rock oriented stuff. And I, I think that we've been able in the past to sort of straddle an interesting line between those, which has given us like 
kind of a, an interesting variety of opportunities to play with a lot of different types of bands. Um, and so, yeah, when we set out to make soup, we knew that we were going to make a more pop rock oriented record. We, and, and, and I think that with some of the stuff that we're moving forward with, it is going to realistically be more in that, uh, pop rock, folk rock oriented sort of, um, you know, obviously it's not going to lose what makes a little away, a little away, but there's, there's something, uh, very core to playing with those sounds and finding what works inside of all those sounds that we're, that we're really into. And, and real quick, what does T-O-I-F-M-G stand for? <laughs> oh, man, what doesn't it stand for? <laughs> um, it, what it actually stands for is this one is for my G's, which is a, it's a, in, a fun inside joke, a tour inside joke between us and a bunch of other bands. Uh, but um, it's it's we've ascribed about as many acronyms as we can possibly find. Out <laughs> you guys used it as a hashtag for a little while there too. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to let you know, again, soup is out now uh, on anywhere you can stream, anywhere you can purchase music, the link to stream it and the link to purchase it are going to be in this episode description along with your social media plug. So go ahead and support a will away and follow will away on social media. Now you released as an accompaniment, more bliss and then the here again sessions which are like acoustic stripped down versions of those two records what i love about those records are those little additions or those little intricacies with those songs so in all of that being said and i'm sure this is a tougher question because there's not just one but which acoustic track do you perform kind of stands out to you the most Ooh, um i do want to say that the one that probably weeps out to me the most is pay raise yes Um, that's what i was hoping for mostly because yeah it gives uh so i I think it actually gives a little bit of a lens and all of those acoustic renditions sort of give a little bit of a better lens into how we sort of go about writing the songs from the ground up like um the majority of our music starts as something a little bit more akin to those than what you end up hearing on the final records Mm -hmm. um and a song like Pay Raise, it's like, it's really very difficult to shoehorn what is effectively like a, a gospel-y folk song um, into a pop-oriented rock record. And so um, when you hear a version of Pay Raise like what you hear on the record, um, it's a little bit more drivey. It's definitely more catered to like a live audience who's going to be into slightly more upbeat, slightly more fast or fast paced music. Um, but I think kind of speaks to the versatility of the song as a whole when you go and listen to like the here again version of it. And it is a little bit more of what its influence is kind of suggested to be, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm always a big fan of that. Um, and, and I mean, I love all the, the alternate arrangements and, you know, it's not just with our acoustic stuff. Like, we also do alternate arrangements and stuff when we play a record live. Like, we'll change songs pretty consistently. We change our set list pretty much every night and just kind of move things around. Oh, and, I love that. You yeah. know, we take a lot of pleasure in that. Yeah. We, as fans, Sam and I go to a ton of shows together, and we appreciate that when you can't look up the set list on the internet the day before. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're aiming at, you know? Yeah, we're yep. just playing the same songs every night, just going there, you're not knowing what to expect. It's, it's just, it's awesome. Heck yeah. So when you go, this is a kind of a uh, playful question, if you will. When you go on to Triple Crown's website, and congratulations for getting signed to Triple Crown, by the way. Um, when you go on their website and you search for artists, A Will Away is the first band that shows up. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. because it begins with A. 
Did you ever stop to consider how friggin' great it is having a band that begins with A when it comes to like the artist tab on labels and shit like that? That was not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an nice accident. That touch. was one of our like primary considering factors because I, I it wasn't like uh, label websites that we were thinking about back then. Um, we knew that uh, iPods and uh, and other stuff like back when we started um, alphabetized pretty much everything by default. Yeah. Um, and so because you have so many softwares that are sorting people's music that are alphabetizing by default, why not just, you know, do the same thing that you do with the, when you're trying to get somebody to top your phone book. Yeah. So, uh, so that, you know, it's, it seemed pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's a, uh, there's a nine minute song just called a by a really influential pop punk band. And we had the lead singer of that band on. And I said, Yo, every time I plug my phone into my car, A comes on. Was that an accident? He goes, absolutely not. So, mm-hmm. so I'm with you on that. But I wish we could tell my it's iPhone that. It's not a unique idea, will... but it is a good one. Yeah. I was going to say, because a will away it doesn't start in A for me. It's in W when I get pissed because it takes me forever to scroll. But I digress. Uh... <laughs> I, I digress. I digress. God forbid we have to scroll. Now, I read in pre- <laughs> <laughs> I've read in previous interviews that you're very passionate and you're proud being in a real rock and roll, you know, band playing real instruments, singing real songs in front of, you know, real people. What's so spe- special about performing live? Um, I mean, what's special about performing live is, jeez, uh, it's this sort of like collective experience when you when you stop to think about it. Um, you know, and I think it's really interesting because as an audience member, it feels very different than when you're in the band and vice versa. Um, but there is this sort of like if we all decide to bring a good vibe in here together tonight, we're all going to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. And like you, you kind of have this like massive collective experience with everybody. For us, it's like playing music live is just a thing that we do very often, like not just on stage, but like when we're home, we'll like play, we'll rehearse, we'll practice. Like the playing part is not necessarily the, you know, unique crazy aspect of it what what it really is is sort of getting the opportunity to connect with people who seem to either feel or be moved by similar things um and i think that that's really where like the virtue of of performing live is is that you get to kind of go be face to face with the people who genuinely resonate with the same ideas that you do you still get nervous going on stage no, no, not at all. Uh, I, that's, I, honestly, the only thing I ever feel nervous about is, is my gear going to work today? Because when you're <laughs> on the road and you're playing the same equipment over and over and over again, night after night, and it's getting jostled around in the van, like, you never know what's going to happen. Those are the things that make me a little nervous, but we have crew with us to help us, you know, kind of mitigate that stuff. Speaking of vans, uh, so friend in, uh, of the show and, and somebody we've had on before, uh, our boys in Connecticut, uh, so Dan Nicolari, he uh, told us that he actually bought Khan's van from you. He did. He did. I think it was like two years ago, two summers ago. Um, we had this old, uh, I think it was a 93 um, E-150. But, I mean, we had, we had for years and years done like the DIY touring thing where we were just buying and fixing up old vans and running them into the ground. Um, sure. And I remember that van. Uh, we had it kind of like right up to the point where we were starting to make enough money to afford renting vehicles. Um, and so we wanted to sell it. Uh, and I posted it up on Craigslist and, and I remember Dan hit me up, 
uh, you know, you know how like Craigslist works where you like hit reply and then the, the number comes up and you type the number into your phone and he realized that my number was already in his phone. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he was just like, yo, I, I want that van. And so as soon as he told me that they were trying to use it to tour, I just like pulled it down off Craigslist and figured it out with him. That's, That's awesome. That's so sick. He also gave us a little nugget as well to ask about. Uh, what's this we hear about a camp being set up in Naugatuck? A camp? Yeah. That's what he said. He I said, don't know any a camp. I don't know anything about a camp being set up in Naugatuck, but I know of a, uh, I mean, the only thing I can really think about that he's thinking of is our studio. He, uh, he mentioned that separately, so I didn't think that that's what he was referring to. Did he really? I don't know about the camp, Dan. Call me. I don't know. <laughs> Yo, I'm keeping this in the interview. I'm not editing this out because Dan's got to hear this. Like, what the? Maybe it was God a. serious. You set us up. <laughs> maybe it was a typo. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe autocorrect. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, uh, so we're, we're going to move into our rapid fire segment where Sam and I are just going to read off questions as fast as we can. And I hope you can answer them as fast as you can. So the first thing that comes to your mind, just hit it with us when we ask these questions. Cool. Okay. Okay. Most tattooed lyric that you've ever seen from you, from uh, you guys. This too shall pass. Uh, okay. I thought it technically could be Sweet Caroline. You guys say Sweet Caroline and Caroline. Oh, I guess, I guess technically, but uh, this too shall pass is a, uh, it's like an old adage. So yeah. yeah. People already have a tattoo on themselves, not by our virtue. <laughs> I'd like to think it's tied with Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Uh, what's what's one song that should be on every single a will away set list even though you change it every night oh Paris. yeah that's my uh, it's my favorite a will away song i love that fucking song tell me everything you <laughs> tell me everything you know about the connecticut steamed cheeseburger uh i know there's thin i know there's onions i know then most people don't know where to find a good one. And I know the buns get kind of soggy. That's right. So for just a little background for our listeners who are like, what the hell are they asking this for? There's like a little pocket of Connecticut that you can go in and there's a steamed cheeseburger where they actually make the ovens for these things just for this place where it's like a tray. You put the meat in the tray raw. Then you put the glob of cheese in another tray. You cook them in a steamer and throw it on top of each other. And it's just this wet mess of deliciousness. Have you ever had one? Oh yeah. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's too much cheese for my liking, but at the same time, they look delicious. Sometimes you gotta go in, you know, <laughs> do you know what Connecticut state song is? Oh uh, shit. I have no idea. It's Yankee doodle. It really yeah. not. Could it be anything other than Yankee Doodle? <laughs> anything but. Now, you have two musical hotbeds around you in Boston and New York. So, what's one of the best musical memories you have from each one of those places? And I'll tell you, either as a performer or a spectator. I don't care which. Okay. Uh, favorite time in uh, Boston would be uh, playing the Sinclair they give you the most delicious meal in the entire world as their hospitality guarantee, and it's, like, unbelievable. Every time you play the Sinclair, you walk in there, and you, you get a filet mignon and a arugula salad. It's oh, damn. Uh, damn. Um, but uh, favorite New York memory, I think, would have to be playing uh, Brooklyn with Tiny Moving Parts and Microwave, like, three years ago. 
Uh, I remember that the venue was sold over capacity and we basically just like threw open the doors to the green room and let the entire show be a giant party. And it was like one of the most fun experiences I've ever had on tour. Oh, that's so sick. That's so sick. Now you just mentioned a great meal. Here's a lesser great meal, but still great in its own right. What's your favorite Chinese food menu item? Oh, favorite Chinese food menu item has got to be Kung Pao Chicken every time. Oh, that's can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. What show have you watched the most? The Office by by far. I think that's like everyone's answer, and that's okay. I'm I'm more of like a Parks and Rec guy. I appreciate The Office. I like them both. Yeah, I like them both. Yeah, The Office just has infinite rewatch potential in a way that like you can shut your brain off and watch it without ever really having to like think. That's that's how I feel about How I Met Your Mother. That's probably mine. Yeah, yeah, that's that one for that too. Now, if you could have only one junk food the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh man, um, that's really tough. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be. I don't know if you ever had these. They're called rips. They're like these like sweet and sour licorice candies. Are the most delicious things in the entire. I've never, never heard of them. Never, never, never heard of them. I would go with the Andycaps hot fries. Have you ever heard of those? Oh yeah, those are great. Yeah, I love the hot fries. A city that you've never played in that you that you want to. Don't have to be just America either. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking wide here. Um, probably Berlin. Yeah, I've always wanted to play Berlin. I was in Berlin when I was eight years old. Now I don't remember shit. It was 23 years ago, but <laughs> I had a great time. I definitely bought power. I bought Power Rangers toys and I ate French toast with ketchup. That I can confirm. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I don't know. I've had I've had good times in Germany, but we never got a chance to uh, a chance to play out there. So I would love to. So this one's a weird one. So again, going back to our friends in Connecticut, you've toured with them, you've played shows with them. Uh, describe the guys in Connecticut in just one word. Oh, hilarious! Yeah, <laughs> they're like an absolute riot of a group of yeah. people. To they're hang they're out fun with, guys. Honestly. Yeah, we had a great. They're time. They're really honest to God. Like they're just a good time, and I think that any time we've ever played with them or hung out with them, uh, otherwise it's just been nothing but good spirits and good times. And it's, there's something really kind of beautiful about you know finding friends in your home state uh, who are in bands and who are cool people and who are fun to play with and hang out with. Like it doesn't always happen like that, you know. For sure. Yeah. Now we have just a couple of minutes left with you. Just wanted to ask you. You mentioned earlier that you're into like games and movies and stuff like that. Give us some recommendations of things you've watched or played that our listeners should try out. Oh, okay. I'm a huge proponent of Monster Hunter, like across the board. I don't know how everybody feels about Monster Hunter, but like those games are some of my favorite games ever. They're one of the best games to play on tour. Uh, I've been playing uh, Monster Hunter Double Cross on my Switch uh, in the van. I've been loving that. Um, And then as far as TV to watch, uh, I finally caught up on Better Call Saul over the last month or so, and that is just killing it for me right now. Um, And you're caught up on the newest season? Uh, I haven't caught up fully on the newer season yet, so seriously, no spoilers. All right, I, 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 seriously, I just I, I have a couple episodes I gotta watch. I legit just watched um, it yesterday, so I will not spoil. It's fantastic. Yeah, please, I am so excited. Um, but uh, the other one, I mean, I love. I'm like a big proponent of trash TV. Like, I absolutely love watching like bad reality television show. Uh, and, and, and so like, there's this new one on Netflix called love is blind that I just watched at the beginning of the store. Uh, and it is, it is legitimately one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's people who agree to marry each other without ever having seen each other. What could go wrong? 
I'm saying so many things can go wrong and they get it all on camera and it's so awesome. Yeah. Sam knows I'm a, I'm a trash TV and I'm a trash movie guy too. Like I love, I love, it. I love bad stuff. And Sam's like, I don't want to waste my time. I'm like, I just want to waste my time. His favorite movie is the room. I just want to waste my time for yeah. a little while. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just turn your brain off. Uh, so yeah, that is it. Actually, you know what? You did mention you're, you have a switch on tour with you. The switch is one of my favorite consoles of all time. I probably have like close to a hundred games on mine. What are some other recommendations that you play on Switch? Uh, recently, I've been playing a lot of Brawlhalla, which I'm a big fan of. It's yeah. kind of like a, a indie off-brand, uh, yeah, Smash Brothers. Uh, big fan of that. Um, I love playing Doom on my Switch. Uh, Doom Online on my Switch is great. I like tether that uh, in the van on my phone and just like sit and, and play a first-person shooter. It's a lot like Halo, which I really I appreciate. Uh, and then. Uh, I played the new Pokemon. I don't know if I would really recommend it unless you're really, really into Pokemon. Um, so, so, so I'm really, really into Pokemon. Greg is the <laughs> Pokemon nerd. I, uh, I went on a 45 minute rant on this podcast <laughs> about it twice. So, yeah. uh, I actually, yeah. I actually loved it, but that's because I'm probably a little biased and a little blind. But. Yeah, I had a good time with it, um, but that's about all it was. Like, I didn't have, I didn't find it had a tremendous amount of value once I was done. So, other than that, uh, it was a good time though. I think I, I got my, my fifty bucks worth. Hell yeah, that's cool. Listen, I can't say anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm biased in that in that 100%. regard. But hey, Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with us tonight. Anytime, man. Thank you. Yeah, sure. If you could hold on the line just one second, uh, we'd appreciate it. But everybody, that was the bonus episode with Matt Carlson from A Will Away. We'll be back next week with episode 178. You guys were never a church fan to us. <laughs>